So this episode starts the conversation about failure on the journey. And I wanted to talk about a few things with my friend and biz bestie, <laughs> Preeti Serene. Uh, so today we talk about the mess, the inevitable mess that comes with uh, attempting any endeavor. And why is it that you, the universal you, are trying to avoid the mess? Stop it. All right. So the theme of the month is failure on the journey. And I have hanging out with me today, one Miss Preeti Serene. Say hello. Hello, people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Specifically, I wanted to talk about um, not just kind of fear of failure, because I think that we could, of course, talk about that ad nauseum. But specifically, I find there's a tendency for people to try to avoid what I call the mess. Mm -hmm. And so... um, I thought it'd be fun to, to chat a little bit about um, not just like, why are you avoiding the mess as a literal question? Because I think most of us know the answer mm-hmm. to that. Um, but rather to encourage people to get into the mess and be messy. Mm-hmm. So uh, in, in lieu of some type of larger introduction, um, when you think of failure on the journey, by which I mean kind of uh, the overarching, it's not just a general fear of failure, but you have some task you're wanting to accomplish. Mm-hmm. How is it when you enter a task that you think about failure? Ooh. So I think when I start, enter a new task or a project or phase or anything, I have gotten into this habit of really wanting to put failure at the forefront the process because I don't want to get to a situation which I've been in many times in life before. I'm sure multiple people have where you kind of don't think about failure and you don't really want to deal with the realities of the possibility of it. You're just so terrified of it. But that fear doesn't just disappear because you don't give it attention. In fact, it cries out more and more and more like a little child for attention. And then I think you get to a place where it consumes you so much that you don't want to deal with it that you end up when you deal with quote unquote failure, which I'll tell you why you say quote unquote in a second, you're just, you really just, you're in a total pile of shit, excuse my language, but you don't know how to deal with it. And for me, what I like doing is right when I'm starting to make, I I use this process more for decision-making. I think, um, you know, I, I try to really think about, okay, what is it that I'm afraid of in this decision? Because at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, I think that fear and failure are pretty much the same thing. We we generally equate fear and failure um, when, when we're thinking about like starting new projects in life, dealing with relationships, you know, there's always this element of failure or rejection or loss or some sort of absence that comes into play. And then, and then there's fear, of course, because we don't want to deal with it so much. So, for when you're starting a new task, I think right at the beginning, ask yourself, what can go wrong here? What am I afraid of going wrong here? Why am I afraid of it? Why am I afraid of things going wrong? You know, that's so critical, I think. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. In fact, um, I think there's value in things going wrong. 
Yeah. Uh, and I, I think people kind of skate past that because again, when I talk about mess, like somehow people want everything to be clean. Like yeah. I am going to make sure that every single one of my decisions uh, leads me cleanly into the next thing that I need to accomplish or understand. Um, right. Somehow we can prepare our brains to perfectly learn everything that we need to learn. I mean, the, the way this notion came to me originally was sitting in my classroom or standing in my classroom watching my middle school students uh, and thinking about and watching other teachers who were scrambling to try to make everything as easy as possible for the students to digest. Yeah. And I, and I was thinking, wow, these kids are missing out on struggling. Yeah. These kids are missing out on when something doesn't go how they intended, learning how to pivot, how to shift, um, revealing things they didn't understand, understand that are foundational, that it would be yeah. good for them to go back in and, and tease apart and understand more and maybe slow the process or, or shift their focus. And um, there's, so to me, there's a lot of value in things going wrong. It's like, why as a teacher are you removing the mess from the learning process? And then why Sorry. as an adult, even if it's a, an adolescent to whatever de adulthood degree that is, people trying to avoid creating mess in their lives. Oh, I don't want to risk um, having saying the wrong thing to this person and then having to deal with a difficult conversation. It's like, or, <laughs> or the best thing for your relationship might be having that difficult conversation. So yeah. avoiding the mess is not actually helping you. Yeah. 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 And you know, I think, first of all, I love that you said pivot um, because one thing that I love telling people, there's this episode for anybody who watches Friends. There's this wonderful, amazing episode where Ross, they're trying to move a couch, this main character, Ross, trying to move a couch up the stairs. He's trying to get people to, uh, the two women, I think it's Monica and Rachel that are, uh, or Monica and Phoebe that are helping out. So he says this, he starts yelling at them, pivot, pivot, pivot. And it's just such a gif and Anybody who wants to look it up, look it up. But the reason I bring that up is I always tell people you really want to get to a space where you embrace and love the pivot, right? And you're a master of the pivot. Because as you said, we want everything to be clean and perfect. But think about it from an evolutionary perspective. And I know that this is a big jump. This, this is like taking a height, a pretty big metaphor. But a dog, a human being, an animal, a living being, we learn in the mess. We learn in the failure. I, as a human being personally, from a, just a pure survival perspective, I have a bigger fear of not knowing than I do of failing. I would rather learn than not know, right? And a dog, for example, if my dog Snoopy decides to eat a piece of chocolate on the floor, yeah, well, his name is Snoopy. I personally named him when I was like 11 years old, I think, when we got him. Great name. His full name is Snoopy Snoop Dog Serious Serene. And that's serious black after Harry mm. Potter. I was 11 years old. So, you know. I, I, I love it though, too, because serious, the dark star, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So it's just like nerd yeah, on nerd on nerd on nerd on nerd. Totally amazing. Claiming my nerd. But so it's like that. If Snoopy eats a piece of chocolate or something, some gross plant from the outside or anything, it's going to taste gross. It's going to suck. He's going to probably maybe consciously or just feel, why the hell did I eat that? And then learn, I'm not going to do that again. I now have the knowledge to protect myself from doing that in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's a whole separate conversation <laughs> that I would like to have, whether it's just going to be, you know, direct camera, me in the audience or with someone like yourself about what defining safe risk 
because uh, I think mm-hmm. that there tends to be that kind of uh, it's not the is it the sympathetic nervous system where you, you get this sudden like these sensations in your body where you're like oh god danger 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 but sometimes we're not very good at understanding the spectrum of danger mm-hmm. and we treat level one danger like level seven danger and then we just don't take the risk absolutely and and I think that that cuts us off from a lot of fantastic opportunities. So that type of evaluation of the situation becomes uh, rather critical if you want to grow because yeah. we need to be out of the zone of comfort. And not only do we need to be out of the zone of comfort, but we also need to be um, in the mindset of what type of risk am I willing to take in this situation? Right. This scenario. Absolutely. I mean, and, and talking about safe risk, the best way to cultivate that skill of understanding risk that's good for you and beneficial for you and is ultimately needed in your life at the moment is going through getting rid of your ideals of failure and going through and trying as many things as you can. Because the more you go out there and try and learn and grow, the more ultimately I think you become better at understanding, is this actually dangerous for me? Or is it that I thought this was dangerous for me. I thought uh, somehow, let's say, going on, going to business conferences alone is the most terrifying thing in the world. But now that I've been on at to three because I tried and I learned and I grew, I now understand that that risk is just my beliefs, my limiting beliefs. It's not actual danger. It's not actual physical, emotional, mental, spiritual danger. Yeah, on the plane ride back from a conference I was just at where I normally would be with my songwriting partner, but I went solo. Um, so context of, you know, the first time I did that was kind of like, all right, this is, this is unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I, and on the way back, I thought hurt now or hurt later, mm-hmm. which I thought was a great idea. I'd come up with completely spontaneously on my own and realize, I guess it's out in the world. Other people have said it too, but, um, that you can, uh, by dealing with something that doesn't feel good now, it reduces the likelihood of that same type of thing hurting in the future. And the more you deal with it and the more you approach it, the less and less it hurts, theoretically. If you choose not to deal with it now, all you're doing is pushing off that, that, that feeling, that discomfort. So it, well, you're not feeling pushing out the discomfort. You'll just always be uncomfortable and just you, you get to hurt more later. So it doesn't really necessarily help you out at all. I mean, it helps you out in the sense that you don't have to deal with the bulk of whatever it is that scares you. You just get the slow drip of poison instead when you could just address it and, and move on. At least such is, is my perspective. And, and in that same vein... I think it's important to recognize that the mess is where we sort ourselves out. It's where we push up against our, our edges um, and, and how we learn not just strengths and weaknesses, but just how do I interact in this way? What tends to trigger me in this space? What do I really love? What do I, what went really well? Like there's a whole range of experience that we don't get when we don't engage in the mess you know yeah yeah absolutely 100 percent. yeah well man 
we were che- che- we were you know checking in before this conversation i was like oh yeah we're gonna have this like big huge hour long and i'm like oh well and we got kind of got to the point really fast on that one yeah i mean i think it's a it's when it boils down to like i said i think that i one i, I think shifting your perspective of failure to understanding this is a space, this is an opportunity for me to grow. I, I, I honestly like to think personally for myself that failure doesn't exist because when you really think about it, it's an arbitrary concept. It's your level of success, your level of failure, your measures of that. A lot of that's been influenced by the people around you, the people's stories around you, your society, your old versions of yourself, maybe even. So I like to think that there really aren't any such thing as failures in my life. It's more opportunities for growth because there is something that I can learn out of all of them. Not to be hyper cheesy, but it's true. There is absolutely everything. There is something that you can learn. You're terrible. So cheesy. cheesy. So super cheesy. (laughs) There's something that you can learn in every single failure. And the thing is, whether you want to call it failure failure, or a block in the road or just being stuck or whatever, we're all going to experience it. So you can either experience it and let it eat you alive and let it cause you more pain and suffering, or you can experience it and be like, okay, well, that happened. How do I deal with this? How do I use this in the future? You know, how am I proactive about it? What's the harm that comes from being proactive about it? I think that's the main thing that people really need to start to understand that you shouldn't be afraid of your failures. You should say, Hey, this is a part of life and I'm a badass and I can handle it. (laughs) I'll figure it out. I always do. That's the, yeah. I brought that up a few times now in in different contexts. I think that to your point about how you frame failure um, and having discussed on multiple occasions, learning not to lie to ourselves Here's Snoopy in the background. Um, I'm so learn- sorry. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, learning not to lie to ourselves is there are people that will hear a reframe about failure as lying to themselves and saying, no, it's critically important that I, that I know that I failed and I accept that I failed. It's like, okay, so to those people I say, all right, let's say it is absolutely an abject failure. Mm-hmm. Let's own that. I intended for this to happen. I took actions to make this thing happen. It happening was theoretically completely in my control. <coughs> Bullshit. Um, and, <laughs> and it didn't work out how we wanted. Okay, so let's call that a failure. Mm-hmm. Now we need to decide, do we, how long do we live in that space of, of grieving our failure mourning that we didn't have the outcome that we were looking for. Right. Once we've had that process now, how can we move forward? How can we make a different choice? If it's a situation where it was a literal one shot deal and that's it, you know, I'm an Olympic athlete and I did not, you know, qualify for the event or I did place in the top three, like I didn't medal like I wanted or whatever else, that moment's gone. Okay. Now we have to, it's a totally different process of learning acceptance and so on and so forth. Right. But again, the experience that you had dealing with that is potentially and almost certainly applicable to other areas of your life. So now we're back around to building resilience. Right. 
you know, this, there is value again in the mess. There is value in failing. Uh, there was an idea that I read in an article about um, video games, right? When your character dies in a video game, you get to keep playing the video game. So yeah. fail early, fail often, because uh, right. now you understand the game. You understand how to be present. So again, this goes back to safe risk. And again, my context for that is the classroom. How could I set a situation up for my students to potentially fail in a way that would serve them instead right. of fail in a way with no structure? And we can set that up for ourselves, but it takes a little bit of extra time. And again, you have to accept that things can go wrong and not only accept it, but kind of, as you said, not quite account for it, but like show up for it, show up for things going wrong. Right. Show up for them going wrong, accept that they will. And I also think that it's key to when you're dealing with failures, you know, and you're like, you're in that space of trying to reframe them or even just process them as they're happening in real time. You have to remember, I think it's important to remember to be compassionate with yourself because we all do make mistakes. We all do have failures. We are not perfect. It's totally fine to, to not know and to make mistakes and to even have planned 99.9% .9 of everything to go perfectly and have it go awry. One, be compassionate with yourself. Two, be honest with yourself. Because along with learning and growing in that mess, you have to really step back and say, where, what is it here that's really bothering me about this failure? Why am I unwilling to let it go? Is it because I know that I made a promise to myself, let's say I was going to run a marathon in 12 months and I didn't do it and I didn't stick to that promise and that is what is hurting me and that's what's stinging. If you don't deal with that, you, you're not benefiting from the failure in the way that you can. Like you said, there's something that you can take out of every single opportunity, whether it's for applying to that very situation or to a different situation in your life. And here's a little preview of what's coming up next week. I wanted to touch on this idea of the lesson in the learning. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we think that what I'm aiming at is the, the lesson. Like that's, that's the, the, the knowledge I'm going to gain is the knowledge I'm seeking to gain. Mm -hmm. But there's this whole realm of learning that is on the periphery of what we intend to learn. Yeah. 